conversations that speak to every color of who you are. This is Jen Tringale, and you're listening to the Jen Tringale Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jen Tringale. This is a podcast smack in the middle of summer, my favorite season. I say that, but then, oh, I do love Christmas and the snow. I don't know. Maybe it's love the season you're with. I'm not sure, but I love summer. I am a beach girl who happens to have a family that loves the lake. So somehow I have to work out my summer. I embrace them both, but either way, there's something about summertime that reminds you that you're supposed to be having fun. You're supposed to be resting and enjoying and soaking it up because the long summer days only last so long. So I hope that you have been. I hope that you are. And if not, I hope that you will be sometime soon. Over the course of this podcast this year, I have been walking with you all in what God has been walking out with me. And it all began on the first day of this year with a word that God gave me on Emerge. And if you are a faithful listener of this podcast, I hope this has been a companion in your own journey of what God has been walking you through this year. But there seems to be no end to the layers and the facets of this word emerge. It's got so many basic definitions that go so very deep. One of them is to bring forth, to break out, to break open. Another one is to emerge or to come into view, to come into light and to be able to see. There's so many other ways that I think God is using this word as a verb, but also to paint the picture of what he's doing in us and in the body of Christ at large right now. And what has been burning in my heart that as dire as our world's condition seems to be and is, that right now God is going Actually, church, I'm dealing with you, and individual, I'm dealing with you, or at least I'm issuing an invitation to, to prepare you to walk in the power and to birth what I've put in the earth to be the answer to the incredible need that our world has right now. So I want to just walk you through sort of some next steps of this word emerge that I've been speaking to. And again, if you've been listening to the podcast, then you know that this word emerge is directly connected to the word intimacy. Intimacy is paramount to being a Christian because it is what Jesus' sacrifice on the cross came to give us. It wasn't just doctrines. It wasn't religion. It wasn't rules. It wasn't forms. It wasn't just duplicating sort of a robotic interpretation of who he was, but it was to provide intimacy. And the way he did it was in the most 
intimate act, which was the shedding and the spilling out of his blood, that he gave himself as the ultimate sacrifice to redeem our lives, to give us brand new lives so that we could walk in intimacy with him. The issue at hand is that everything in the flesh and everything in this life is in an all-out assault against our intimacy. And so there is a contending for it. And that's really where this word began, that there is a contending for the deep of you or the intimacy of you or the most intimate parts. It began really not even when you were born. The contending began when you were in your mother's womb. In fact, most psychologists now really spend a lot of time talking about uh, working through things that maybe happened in the development of a person while they were in their mother's womb that actually began informing their emotional state, their intellectual state, how they view the world, how they encounter the world, and how they see themselves. That's why that scripture that God says in Jeremiah that he knew us before we were even in our mother's womb is so powerful because he does know the end from the beginning and he's present in both. And as I like to say, he's committed to get us through all the middle part. So there's a contending for the intimacy of who you are. Why? Because in that emerging out of intimacy, it means you will give birth to the seeds of destiny that God put on the inside of you. You will, in fact, produce what you were made to produce. But the thing that's worth contending for the deep of you for yourself, for ourselves, is because we want to focus not on producing what we were made to produce, but we want to focus on becoming who we were made to be. And that the byproduct of that or the result of being who we were made to be is that we will in fact produce what we were made to produce. So who are we made to be? The very first thing that God says that we were made to be is a worshiper. Now worshiping is almost its own vocation in Christianity. You can be a worship leader in Christian music you can be a worship artist. You can be a songwriter of worship songs. Maybe some people just go, I just, that's my thing. I just love to worship. And maybe for others, we go, yeah, worship's really, you know, it's okay, but it's, it's has its place, but it's not really my thing. But rather than think of the act of corporate worship or even vocational worship as we know it, I want you to think about humanity, that the human race was actually created as a race of worshipers. God designed us that way. And so, in fact, whether we call ourselves Christ followers or people consider themselves atheists, because we are worshipers as a race, everyone is worshiping something. Some are worshiping each other. Some are worshiping uh, the ultimate perfectionism of themselves. They worship perfectionism. Some worship Jesus. They have found him as Lord of their life. 
Some, their form of worship is more like existentialism, which is basically the emphasis of the existence of oneself as a free agent, sort of determining their own acts of will, their own development, rather through their acts of will. It's sort of the mantra of, I am my own captain. And the journey of life is worshiping the experience of free expression. Our culture right now as a society is a worshiper of what we're calling UBU, free expression. But really the basis of it is humanism. It's worshiping humanity. And as a mentor of mine, Len Mink, always says that when you feed on yourself, you get sick. It's like a form of self-cannibalism. And we have a whole generation right now that is literally getting soul sick because they have been feeding on themselves. So our culture right now is bombarding The contending for the deep of us is a bombardment of the intimacy of us. While the world says, free yourself, be yourself by worshiping yourself, we come across the scripture in the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. And Paul writes, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. While the world is feasting on themselves to try and, so to speak, free themselves, the scripture tells us that the true path to freedom has an altar on it. And on that altar, we present ourselves of our own free will and in humility, we present ourselves to God. And there is a process that begins. The dying of self to the living unto him. I love how another favorite preacher, teacher, theologian in her own right, Patsy Caminetti, she would hate that I called her that, but she is to be. And she made this statement in her book, Engendered. It says, Jesus came to show us the Father And he accomplished that. But Jesus also came to show us us. What a statement. Jesus came to show us the Father, but he also came to show us us. When you think about in Matthew 16, when Jesus was talking with his disciples and Peter made that famous declaration when Jesus asked him, who do you say that I am? Peter spoke up and said, well, you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him and he said, you know, blessed are you because nobody revealed this to you. My father in heaven revealed this to you. But that wasn't all that Jesus said to him that day. He went on to say, and I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overpower it. On what rock will Jesus build the church? He wasn't saying he was building it on Peter. No, he was saying that the rock the church is built on 
is the revelation of Jesus's identity and the revelation of your identity according to him. It's a beautiful and holy thing to come to know Jesus. Think about when you came to know him, when you made Jesus Lord of your life. It's a stunning revelation, and there's an altar involved. Whether you were at an altar in a church, you had to come to an altar in your own heart. And on that altar, there was an exchange that happened. And you met Jesus, and you made Jesus the Lord of your life. But it's also the moment when you began the process of coming to actually know you. The new and the real you who was made in the image of God. I want you to think about the fact that for that first meeting Jesus and the beginning of getting to know you for it to happen, there was a precursor of humility in you that said, I need him. What it's going to take to live this life, I don't possess and I need him. It's amazing how so many times as what I call being career Christians or Christians for a long time, we lose the handling of humility in our lives and in our own hearts. And yet Jesus, what did he say? When you come, come as a little child. Come as if you don't know anything. Admit and humble yourself and come in humility. You see, that is the entry point of the intimacy with God, is the humility part. It is the altar part. It is the humbling of ourselves by our own free will and coming to him and giving him that first place in our life. At the same time, when we're doing that, we are being this very first thing that he made us to be as a human race, and that is a worshiper, but a worshiper of him. The next thing that it requires after that humility is honesty. Honesty is a big deal. One philosopher made the statement, you can tell much about a person's character by how much truth they can tolerate. Wow, I know. Just sit and think about that statement a second. You can tell much about a person's character by how much truth they can tolerate. In our Christian walk with God, we know that his word says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that the only way to come to the Father is through the truth, through him. There's no way of coming to the Father without coming through Jesus, who is the truth. So when we talk about this word emerge and emerging as who we are, to be who we're made to be, to produce what we were made to produce, you have to come to terms with the place that the truth has in your life and on the inside of you. Because there is no way 
to see the manifesting of who you are without the power of the truth. The pathway to completely be who you are is through the truth. The truth is going to come and present itself. And the reality is the more room that you give the truth through his word, the spirit of truth in your heart, the more that we come in our intimacy with the Lord and with ourselves and allow the truth to speak to us, something is going to happen. And this thing that happens is why most people get up from the table of truth and walk away and kind of go time out too much, too much. Because the truth is actually going to obliterate everything in you that isn't worthy of the person that God made you to be. And that's the pain of it. There is a dying to things that we've grabbed onto as maybe belief systems or coping mechanisms or things that we propped ourselves up with. And when the truth reveals that it's actually not part of who God made us to be, then as the song says, something's got to give. And when we see it, that is when we embrace the grace of Jesus Christ upon us to be who he made us. Martin Luther had a powerful statement about the power of the truth but also the working of truth to eradicate what he called misbeliefs. And he coined this term misbelief in a teaching that he did on the Lord's Prayer. And this is what he said. In the Lord's Prayer, when he prays, lead us not into temptation, we pray in this petition that God would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our flesh would lead us not into misbelief, despair, and other great shame and vice. He went on to define his word misbelief as a mental statement that twists or distorts the truth. A mental statement that twists or distorts the truth. What does that mean? Well, a mental statement can be words we tell ourselves, thoughts, but they can also be images. It's sort of that age-old thing of somebody who maybe has a misbelief that they are rejected. When they walk into a room of people, they just assume that people are displeased or disproving of them. Well, there's no factual reason to believe that except that there is a misbelief working on the inside of them that's either telling them those words through thoughts or that misbelief is painting an image, a picture on the inside. And this is the power of this emerging work that God's wanting to do. He's calling us to the table of intimacy so that truth can reveal these things to us and get it out. So let me ask you a few questions. How much room do you give truth in your life? When's the last time that you 
caught maybe an internal thought process that you're familiar with and you caught it speaking to you through your thoughts and went, "Ah, that's not even true. I know that's not true. And yet it seems so real to us. What is with that? See, you can know the truth. We can know truth somewhere in our brain. We know what the word says. But at the same time, we cannot know the truth in our internal thought process. That internal monologue that speaks to us. And we make ourselves miserable by letting that nonstop stream of misbelief speak to us even when we know very well that it runs counter to divine truth that's in our heart. So I want to invite you to do something. I want to give you some practicals to come to this table in humility and to come to this table in honesty and let the intimacy of your relationship with Jesus begin to make room for the spirit of truth to speak to you and begin to address pockets and places of you that are not worthy of the truth of who God made you to be. Sit down with him and ask the Holy Spirit. Think through your day. Think through your last few days Ask the Holy Spirit to bring back to your remembrance what are some places where I encountered something that there was an inner dialogue that was informing me and I now recognize it was full of misbeliefs. And then sit with the spirit of truth and let the truth of the word of God rise up on the inside of you and begin to change you. This is the powerful work of emerging that heaven is doing right now. And I am so excited to see what it's producing in me, what it's producing in those that I am connected to and have a voice in their life. I'm so excited to see what it is going to be producing in you. Heaven's invested such a great and powerful purpose in who you are. And there is a life of freedom and liberty and deep-seated peace that is all connected to letting the power of truth speak in your life. I want to pray this over you and As I do, I would just encourage you to just put your hand on your heart and let these words permeate your heart to prepare you for what's ahead. Father, I thank you for your mighty, precious plan for each one of our lives. I pray, Father, for every person that's listening to this podcast And right now, Lord, I ask that you would come and invade the privacy of their heart. And I ask that you, Spirit of Truth, would do the great work of revealing 
things that have been present but are not worthy of who you made them to be. I pray, Lord, that in this emerging work that you're doing, that your intimate voice would begin to call us forward. Lord, your word says that perfect love cast out all fear. I pray that your love would override the emotions of fear and shame and guilt. I pray, Father, that your love would undo the knots of perfectionism and trying to figure it out on our own and would release us to do what your word says, to come to you, our Father, and that we would be able to come and worship in spirit and in truth. Lord, we step fully into this partnership with you that the fruit of your Son, Jesus, would shine through us in all we say and in all we do. For this we give you all the glory and the honor, for it is yours. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray, amen. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast this month, and I pray that this speaks to your heart and maybe even lays some more bricks ahead of you to walk a little farther down the road in your journey of destiny and calling. Also, I would love to hear from you. So please feel free to send us some feedback. Let us know how this podcast has been speaking to you. It would bless us so much. And you can email us at info at jentringale.com. Don't forget to get out there and enjoy the summer. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you back here next time. Bye-bye.